My name is Killian Donnelly and I play Bruce Bechtel, who is the dad in the show, the dad to our leading lady, Alison. I'm Frances McNamee and I play the older version of Alison Bechtel, um, who the show is about. It's about her graphic novel and uh, her being in the process of writing that and digging through all of her memories and dealing with her relationship with her dad. What would you say, Killian, about, about Bruce as a character and about this dad? He's, he's, yeah, he's got a lot of secrets. The whole show is about like uncovering secrets and uh, it goes, as Francis just said, uh, uncovering secrets about her dad, but her dad is a closeted gay man. He's a father of three. He loves how he looks. He takes care of himself. He loves how his house looks. And uh, our story sort of revolves around Francis's character, but in three parts. There's young Alison, there's medium Alison, and then there's Francis. And Francis, Alison, is sort of looking back on her life and the four months of when her character came out to her family to when her father killed himself in those four months. So it's just uncovering secrets throughout that. But as all great shows and great musicals are, it's done through comedy. The graphic novel itself that Alison Bechtel wrote is she calls it a tragic comic, um, and it is it's very some serious situations, but dealt through love and comic comedy and stuff. And the music by Janine Tesori as well just lifts it to another level. We'll come back to the music in a minute. I want to hear more about about the three Alisons. How does that work? Describe to us the, the structure of having three Alisons on stage. So. Senior Alison, as I'm affectionately <laughs> referred to. We've all um, in common that. We are not. <laughs> um, so she is in the process of writing the novel and sifting through her memories, and they include snippets from her college life, as Killian touched on. That's when she came out to her family, to herself, I suppose. Um, she's like 19 there when she goes to college. So there are some beautiful scenes between Ola Scali mm. and Jade Kennedy. They have such an amazing chemistry. So we see some beautiful work there. And then we have the younger Alison, uh, who's 10, 11, I'd yeah. say. Um, just, yeah, being a kid and kind of working things out, rejecting um, her dresses and uh, wanting to just express herself and that kind of... I suppose that difficult relationship, relationship yeah. between the two of them. Because the father, as well, <laughs> yeah, like wants her to be a girl, because mm-hmm. Bruce, as I said, is a closeted gay man. This this story as well takes place in the late sixties, early seventies. So it's important for him to make sure that she stays a girl and looks like a girl, because he will know what will happen, mm-hmm. and he's keeping that buried and he's suppressing all these feelings. So it's a it's an amazing thing where when you play the character, you play it with. Uh, a sense of protection over your daughter mm. where a lot of people watching it will think it's there's something else there and he's he's not actually honoring her true feelings and stuff but because uh, Killian people I mean listeners will know you for playing uh, the Phantom and Jean Valjean principally this character is so complex because there's oh. sort of a charisma there and yet there's a vulnerability isn't there 100% and that as an actor that's all you want is an arc mm. and you can play these amazing musical theatre characters like a Valjean or a Phantom but they've all been done by the creators back in the 80s, the Colin Wilkinsons and the Michael Crawfords. You're just slipping on another pair of shoes and you're being told you stand here. We're given an opportunity to create a show, create the Gates version of this show. It ran on Broadway, it ran in the West End, all for limited periods, and this is the Irish premiere. So things like that are very, very exciting, where, 
okay, well, maybe my character can go off stage here and maybe I can be looking at uh, senior Alison for that. And will I talk to younger Alison? And Roisin McBrain, our director, is like, go with it. See where it goes. Mm. We're cre- you genuinely feel like you're creating something, which is so important for the piece. Uh, Lisa Crone, who wrote it, gave a, a sort of synopsis on the script don't connect all the scenes and all these sort of not rules but sort of guidelines of how to best perform it and we've been sticking by them and it really really helps but uh, yeah I really feel I've created Bruce and I got in touch with Michael Servers who played it on Broadway and he won the Tony oh, the power the power of DMs on Instagram <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And any I particular did, tips he was like I'm so touched you got uh, in touch with me um, we really cared about this show we really put everything into this show and it was a rocky start and then once the, we won the best musical at the Tonys then it took off and uh, it's something I hold really dear to my heart and um, be very protective of Alison which I loved because I was already doing that I was like okay I'm on the right track I'm on yeah. the right track and uh, best of luck with the run so yeah, yeah it's, really, it's nice. really really nice really really yeah. touching How did you first come across Fun Home yourself Fran and, and what was your reaction to the music firstly? Um, well, I knew it was going on um, at the Young Vic, and I guess I think the the Broadway run sort of passed me by a little bit, to be honest. But when I um, when it came to the Young Vic, I was aware of it, but I couldn't go. I um, I planned to go and then couldn't. You know, life got in the way. Um, so yeah, I knew I was aware of the music, and it's yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful score. Um, and I think what we keep saying is. You know, there's usually like an eleven o'clock number yes. in on a on a cast album. There are like four mm. in this. Yeah. It's amazing. Everybody gets the big song, and it's and then the the they're all equally good uh, yeah. in different ways. It's kind of incredible. Um, there are so many jewels in there. Yeah. Like you have very kindly said you're going to <clears> sing for us today, and we have David Hayes standing by on the keyboard. Can, can I ask you, Fran, firstly, what song are you going to sing? Tell us a bit about it. I'm going to sing Maps. So I suppose this is the point in the show where she's, uh, where Alison starts to realise that her dad did live in this tiny space and um, and didn't really explore much outside of it and starts to, I suppose, empathise on some level with why he may have made some of the choices that he did. Make this part look rugged. Mm-hmm. Allegheny Plateau. This dark shaded stripe, bum, 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 is the front. Paint the long ridges and valleys below. Mm-hmm. Our town is this. Dot.
it's structured so well where when it gets a bit tough it's like okay we need we need the air to come out of this bit and a bit of comment and then raincoat of love happens and it's inside little Alison's mind of what her family would be like if they were on this TV show dancing mm-hmm. and things like that when you watch, when I watched it was just like so welcomed and it, it they can they the best writers will control your emotions and control the applause and what I mean by that there isn't just song button applause yeah. song button there are songs without a button because the drama continues so it's paced and paced and paced and I remember feeling so emotional dying to applaud and then bang the last note from Al- uh, Senior Allison happened and it was just this uproar of just wow. love and I think the best shows are controlled like that in, in terms of where it sits in musical theatre I often think you know you've Sondheim then you went to Lin-Manuel Miranda and then you're looking at the, the Benj Pasek and Justin Paul for mm. um, Dear Evan Dear Hansen, Hansen you know and it just goes on and on where do you think Lisa Cron and Janine Tesori fit into where they're moving the musical theatre oh, scene to. Do you know what? I, I'd say there's no comparison. I think they're in their own bracket. Really? Because, yeah, yeah, Janine Tesori, she has... I, I was saying earlier, she's written Shrek and Thoroughly Modern Millie. And, and I was talking to our music director, Dave Hayes, and how there are Shrek-isms within this that you hear. And, and just one another Tony for Kimberly Kimball. And just well, one another Tony for Kimberly Kimball. Yeah. So, and it's, it's that thing. I remember I, re- I listened to a podcast with the real Alison Bechtel and she was approached by Hollywood to make a movie about this and she said no 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 and then Lisa Crone said this is a musical and she went okay talk to me more about that and they went away and brought her like a 35 minute demo of Janine Tesori's and she was like okay I like this because it fuels the narrative we're not singing for the sake of singing because you bought a ticket to a musical this will elevate the piece if it has music behind it and we're singing. Yeah. You can say I love you in three words or you can sing it in three minutes and actually elevate the moment to a much bigger place. It's kind of, I think it's unusual. To, that book is quite, there's a lot in it and yet they've condensed so many important, beautiful moments into into 90 minutes near enough. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's quite a short show but there's so much in it. It's perfectly crafted, I think. Yeah. Beautiful in that for regard. you as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Space in Sweeney Todd here, Killian, it's a lovely space for a musical like this because, yeah. uh, as an audience member, you're, you're so close to you. It's interesting, you know, when you read the storyline of this, it sounds quite heavy. You've both mentioned it's funny, the uh-huh. comedy. Give us an idea of how, how the comedy is brought into it because we're dealing with quite heavy themes here. Yeah, well, but at the same time, like, I did a show called Les Mis for five years <laughs> with Miserable in the title, and everyone dies. And it's the greatest <laughs> successful musical ever. Yeah. It's like you need to have uh, some serious elements rather than everything just being uh, daisies. And but I, I, but it was, it was Alison Bechtel herself who, when Fran was saying, the source material is a comic. The source material is a graphic novel, a cartoon, and she loves writing cartoons. So when she is dealing with something serious, you're reading it in comic form and you're going, this is very serious. And that's what hits you emotionally. So when you're watching a musical and they're dealing with something tragic or traumatic, but it's in a musical, you're sort of caught between emotions of not just happy or sad. Every other emotion comes across and that's why they structure it so well. But the bottom line is it's honest, it's truthful and that's what I love about theatre. When something, how do I... I did a show called Kinky Boots, which was, how do I tell someone uh, that they're a cross-dresser? How do, I sp- how do I get these words out? And this is, how do you come out? How do you say the words, I am gay? And it's 
written so honestly that the conversations just start from there and especially in our yeah. rehearsal uh, Fran it's so much about memory as well is, this, is it your character that, that says caption my father and I had a lot in common and yes. give us the next line uh, my, f- uh, my dad and I it, yeah. which one uh, we're exactly alike you tested me now you open on Saturday <laughs> uh, my dad and I were exactly alike caption my dad and I were nothing alike yeah. so it's yeah. and that's it's the, a good opener the, it? it is it's great <laughs> it just sets the whole show up it does because it, it's a real exploration of what happens when you are able to be yourself and express yourself be who you are meant to be and how you can flourish and then what happens to you when you're forced or when you think you have to suppress who you are and how damaging that is and that's the kind of dark side yeah. and we do deal with it with humour but that is the undercurrent going through the whole thing I think mm. um, that battle between the two of them and, and, and really like is his, his function in being her guiding light through being closeted mm is kind of taken away when she comes out. And, and I think that's, I guess, if a, if a loved one does take their own life, that's the kind of... There are the questions that you left with. Was it my fault? Did I do, did I do something wrong? Did I take away their purpose? Did I... Should I... Yeah, all of those things. So it does have a dark side, but I think because Alison Bechdel is so dry and funny in her writing, that's how we deal with it. So it's like very serious themes, but... She, yeah, okay. it is kind of, it is very funny. I truly love beginnings flying high, never know where to start. It's all so fast, I'm trying not to spin. I guess I'm older, and it's harder when you're older to begin. Feeling plastered, sagging roof, to missing stairs, a buckled wall. I'm fired up to do this, but on my own wall. So much damage, broken windows, the pipes are gone, no veneer. It's hours later and I'm still standing here, still standing here. But when the sunlight hits the parlor at certain times of day I see how fine this house could be I see it so damn clear What's the matter? Why am I standing here? Bad foundation, twisting floorboard, shoddy pipes and gaping hole it's a lot, it's a lot to keep under control. Something's cracking, something's rotting, piles of ruin and debris. Killing me, crushing me, pushing me. But when the sunlight hits the parlor wall at certain times of day, I see how fine this house could be. I see it so life I thought I understood. I took it and I squeezed out every bit of life I could. 
But the edges of the world that held me up have gone away, and I'm falling into nothingness or flying into something so sublime. Now, where do I go? I can't go back. I can't find my way through. 